This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. And boy, do we have an action-packed show for you today. On today's show, we've got the FIFA Women's World Cup as it comes to an end. A lot to talk about in terms of equality, politics, motivation, Donald Trump. And also, we've got the African Nations Cup reaching its pinnacle. The Copa America comes to a final curtain when you see Brazil meet Peru. And also, the fastest knockout in UFC history. Stay tuned for more on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. FIFA Women's World Cup 2019 Bringing you the latest action Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. Where do we start? Ladies first FIFA Women's World Cup comes to an end as the US defeat Netherlands Now all credit to Netherlands for reaching the final It's been a great, great competition so far But there's been more to this tournament than just football And that starts with equality A lot of issues regarding whether women should get paid as much as men in competing in the sport of football. And the FIFA World Cup definitely did not disappoint. Now, with equality, I personally believe that the women have definitely held a good account of themselves and should get as much as the US men's national team, at least when it comes to pay. But politics did get involved when Trump spoke up in the early stages as the star player of the tournament. Rapino did say she wasn't going to visit the White House if they won. Trump responded, get to the final first, and then we'll talk about it. I think that's enough motivation to help the US reach the final. And to be honest, they held themselves to the highest level when it came to the issues on the pitch and definitely, definitely made football women proud. Now, the motivation behind that is now that women have that platform to actually show their skills and their quality, I think it's safe to say that women's football is on the up. For me, Megan Rapino was the golden ball winner and the golden boot winner, despite White and Alex Morgan fighting for the top spot. Now, goalkeepers are not often mentioned, but for me, the Dutch goalkeepers, Sari van Wienerdel, got the golden glove and rightfully so, she was outstanding throughout the tournament. But I also like to give a shout out to Julia Gwynn from Germany for the Young Player Award. There's been plenty spoken about at the World Cup and to be honest with you, it's definitely, definitely shown that women's football's on the high. But my favorite moment from the competition was the Brazilian legend Marta speech. Now with Marta, she's been there before, she's done that. She's won all the tournaments and all the awards. But when she mentioned her speech and she sent out a cry to all the youth in women's football, that for me was my moment of the tournament. Marta said, women's football depends on you to survive, said the 33-year-old. Think about it, value it more. We're asking for support. You have to cry at the beginning and smile at the end. It's about wanting more. It's about training more. It's about looking after yourself more. It's about being ready to play 90 minutes and then 30 minutes more. So that's why I'm asking the girls, there's not going to be a Formigia forever. There's not going to be a, a Marta forever. And there's not going to be a Christiane. We're trying to represent women and show how women can play any type of role, she said. All the teams here, we are representing women. 
let me be clear this is not only in sport this is struggle for equality across the board and Marta I couldn't have said it better to be honest the winners of the FIFA Women's World Cup is women's football because you guys held a great account of yourselves and you were outstanding coming up next it's next over to the men for the African Nations Cup and Copa America as Messi and Gabriel Jesus see red but one of them still comes out smiling stay tuned for more on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Pulse 95. The Copa America 2019. All the latest football news from South America. Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. Wow. Football is going wild. And the Copa America comes to an end as Brazil ended 12 years without a trophy by beating Peru in the Copa America, Gabriel Jesus set up a goal, scored a goal, and then saw red and got sent off in what was a dramatic game against Peru in Brazil's ninth Copa America. If anyone watched it, you would have noticed the national anthem was on fire as Brazil, the hosts, sung from the heart and gave everything they had. I had goosebumps when I was watching it. It was unbelievable watching the, uh, the hosts play against Peru. A part of me did want Peru to give a good showing and maybe surprise a few people, but how can you not love Brazil? Brazil are old school. And Dani Alves hits 40 trophies at the age of 36. Now, normally at that age, you kind of ask yourself, what is your motivation to stay in the game? Having played for Barcelona, having played for PSG and for numerous clubs, Danny Elvis has still got it. And by the way, he's a free agent. So if anyone is looking out there for a, a great right back, he's still got plenty in the tank. But it's never far away from one person called Lionel Messi, as he's always close to the headlines. An angry Lionel Messi skipped the Copa America medal ceremony after their third and fourth place game and accused referees of corruption following Argentina's failure to win the tournament and his rare red card in Saturday's 2-1 third place playoff victory over Chile in Sao Paulo. The straight red marked his first time the Barcelona forward had been sent off in a senior game for club or country since he saw red on his debut with the national team against Hungary in 2005. Messi said, they can do whatever they want. The truth must be said. I'll leave calmly and with the head high and proud of this group that gave me everything and that was growing throughout the tournament. I hope that this group is respected and the people support them because they have a lot to give, they showed in these games. I think there's no doubt, unfortunately, I think it's prepared for Brazil to win, Messi said. I hope that the VAR and the referees have nothing to do and that Peru can compete because they have the team to win it, but I see it difficult. Now that's a little bit of reverse psychology for those in the game, you know, when you start putting things into referees' heads and playing mind games, automatically there is pressure on the referee in the final between Brazil and Peru to send someone off. And ironically, what happened is we saw Gabriel Jesus sent off. Now for me, I think there's a bit of sour grapes by Messi where he's been talked about quite a bit in this tournament and a lot of pressure on him. It's sad to see Messi resulting to that because to be honest, it has been a good competition. But a lot of people are talking about Lionel Messi and whether he does have to secure himself as an international great to be able to be the greatest of all time. I'm kind of disappointed with that, to be honest, to see him you know, come out with those comments, but clearly he's hurt. I'm sure he might get 
a fine and maybe even a ban, but he has retired before. Will he stay in the game? Messi fans, let me know what you think. Did he hold a good account himself? Are Argentina asking too much from the maestro? Or is it merely frustration? A lot happening with the AFCON as the African Nations Cup also hits quite an end to the quarterfinal stage as we're talking with plenty of work happening with fatigue, recharge and pre-season being the case. Senegal versus Benin up next. Madagascar versus the winners between Ghana and Tunisia. Nigeria playing South Africa and Algeria playing the winners between Mali and Ivory Coast. Now, so far, it's been a mixed tournament, to be honest. Not many people are saying the best of things when it comes down to the African Nations Cup. But to be, on- to be honest with you, after such a long season domestically, you can see that the players are exhausted. Egypt crash out to South Africa, who, by the way, were fantastic on the night. I read something recently where it said, attackers win you games, but defense wins you titles. And I agree with that completely. I thought the South Africans were very organized. All the pressure on Mohamed Salah and co to provide that win. And unfortunately just came up short. Now for me, I don't blame one player for a whole team, but the nation has been going crazy in Egypt, especially as the hosts are knocked out at an early stage. Igalo, Mane and Unas leading the scoring charts the question is has this been a good tournament to watch what do you guys think out there text us on 4215 or if you're on instagram live let me know what you think and i'll answer your questions in the final segment coming up next the ufc's fastest knockout in history what did you guys think of that did anyone watch the ufc 239 in vegas let us know what you think on 4215 and coming up next the ufc segment this is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. UFC 239 Vegas. What a show we had on our hands. The fastest knockout in UFC history happened over the weekend as George Masvidal defeats Ben Askren with a flying knee in five seconds. The first man to defeat Askren, but there was a lot of blood, a lot of bad blood coming into the fight. His strategy and preparation to start in that manner, especially when Askren's a wrestler, was incredible. There's been a lot of talk normally in UFC, a lot of trash talking as they call it, just to promote the fight. I take it that this was more than trash talk as Masvidal threw two more punches after knocking out Askren with a flying knee. If you haven't watched it, it's not for the sore eyes. Definitely when you see it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. What next for Masvidal though as he fights out of ATT, American Top Team? His teammate, Kobe Covington, is also in American Top Team and is up for the belt as well. So they might have to fight each other now. For people that know about gyms, especially when it comes to fight camps, you have a team of 16 to 25 fighters who help each other out, pretty much become a family. Day in, day out, train together, eat together, rest together, recover together. And now all of a sudden, the gym might have to be split over George Masvidal and Colby Covington because they both are in the top four fighters in the UFC. John Jones defeats Santos as surely secures his legacy as the most dominant light heavyweight fighter in mixed martial arts. For those that know John Jones, he has been undefeated 
for a very, very, very um, consistent run in the UFC. But what next for him? I kind of take it that he's run out of opponents. What do you guys think? Text us on 4215 or message me on Instagram Live to let me know what you think. Is John Jones the greatest ever in mixed martial arts? Now, talking about greatest ever, in the women's mixed martial arts, Amanda Nunes knocks out Holly Holm with her preferred skill, the head kick. Now, Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes both defeated Ronda Rousey when it came to dethroning the great. But that also puts Amanda Nunes on top with two belts, currently fighting out of two weight divisions. Now, like John Jones, have we seen a better female athlete in history? Ronda Rousey has definitely experienced both fighters and I'll be interested to see what she would think out of who the greatest of all time is. Speaking of Ronda Rousey, she manages a certain star in the making as the 21-year-old Edmund Shabazian defeats the veteran Jack Marchand. Now, for those that always like the up-and-coming fighter, guys, watch out for this fighter. He is incredible. Will we ever see anyone better in mixed martial arts than John Jones or Amanda Nunes? Do you think there's someone up and coming that I've missed out on? If you have, text us on 4215 or message me on Instagram live. Let me know what you think. UFC is going places and it's coming soon to the UAE. So keep an ear out for that. Coming up next, answering all your questions from today's show and what's happening on Wednesday. Stay tuned to Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Pulse 95, the horror show. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show in the final segment. I can't believe the hour's gone already. And we're going to be answering your questions on the final segment on uh, what we've discussed about today. If you have missed the show, plenty, plenty on from the FIFA Women's World Cup, the Copa America, the African Nations Cup, all happening this week and now with African Nations Cup coming to uh, the quarterfinal stage a lot to cover especially especially with Egypt being knocked out by South Africa on my questions I've got the comments on Messi following what we mentioned in the second segment Messi should be blamed the referee shouldn't be and he should take responsibility and spend more time on the pitch Alma is giving in her thoughts on um, a lot to do with Messi. Clearly, Alma's probably not a Messi fan. What do you think of Frank Lampard? Are Chelsea in crisis? Well, Chelsea lost their best player, Eden Hazard. One. Two, they've got 30 players to return from loan. Which means the manager, Frank Lampard, has a lot to pick from. Three, they have a transfer ban. Four, they have something which they haven't had for the last 10 years and that's stability why because they're bringing back an ex-legend who is very close to the club knows how it's run knows the staff the kitman the teaman and knows all the people behind the scenes so you can't get rid of them in one year which means he has time to develop now chelsea have been savage with their appointments however they have been successful in trophies they've won trophies regardless of who they've had on board appointed or sacked they keep winning and even recently Maurizio Sarri got released to go to Juventus and people forget that Chelsea have actually finished third and are in the Champions League so 
I think it's a great appointment, to be honest. I'm not a Chelsea fan myself, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. My next question is, what do I think of women's football? Thank you for that question. And um, women's football is growing and it's starting to get the respect and the recognition it deserves and the platform to be able to showcase their skills. Now you can actually see men wearing T-shirts from the USA women's national team or the Netherlands or Germany or Brazil, which means football is definitely, definitely peaking in the women's game. Now, I had a very interesting chat last night with uh, with the missus and she was talking to me about how the US is on the high and how they should be paid as much as the men. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that following the success of the Women's World Cup, the women's football now gets the recognition and should be paid as much as men in the game? How do you feel about that? And unfortunately, guys, we are reaching full time. And for those who have missed the show, it's available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. Halftimers, we are reaching full time and I'm delighted to have hosted you today. Thank you everyone who's tuned in on the radio. Thank you everyone who's tuned in on Instagram Live. We are available on Pulse95, Instagram channels, Facebook channels and social media platforms. So do send us your questions. Do interact with us. Remember, this show would not be possible without you guys. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.